0: hey everyone and welcome back to another installment of the weekly catch-up podcast it is saturday june 19 2021 and this is the 74th installment of our humble little show happy birthday to my sister it is saturday june 19 her 28th birthday just came from her birthday brunch we will be discussing that in just a little while i am your host carson gibbons and as always i'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. B-Rad Colvin.
1: That'd be me. Happy birthday, Meredith Gibbons.
0: In dedication. That's right. What's up? We got a lot of birthday stuff to get into, but how are you?
1: I'm I'm doing, man.
0: Fresh fresh out of post-op.
1: Fresh out of post-op.
0: I've survived. He comes over with a tourniquet on. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, you're in man. the wheelchair, but it went, I thought <laughs> it was on your arm. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I just wanted you to wheel me around a bit. <laughs>
0: you steal that from the mall <laughs> <laughs> oh shucks it's another wacky uh, saturday episode got a, a happy sabbath text from uh heston this morning i oh, was there like we go not sure what to do with this but <laughs> thank you for that uh so let's get into episode number 74 buddy thoughts and prayers let's get it it's the weekly catch up with carson and
1: brad to talk about the week we done had it could be sports religion politics we keeping the tabs you would think they work for gucci how they deep in their bag get your facts up on wednesday we'll be counting the stats up so turn the volume up till it's maxed up you know the drill so tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill we back up this is the weekly catch up yeah man so Got some minor surgery yesterday. Tell me all about this. you uh, you said you were going
0: to show me uh, yeah, some photos. Bro.
1: Um, yeah, I needed to save your reaction for uh,
0: So the original doc did the procedure, uh-huh, the one that called to apologize, and so she worked you in yep. yesterday. Friday. yeah,
1: and so uh, you know whenever they did reschedule me, I wasn't supposed to go in until next week, but I told them on the phone. I was like, if anybody cancels on a Friday. Let me know, and I can be there within 30 minutes. And uh, they actually called me like on Monday or Tuesday, and they said they had a cancellation and that I was number one on the list. So they put me in, so I was able to go yesterday instead of next week, and I'm really happy about that because that pain uh, was getting worse by the day.
0: Were there certain motions that you would make or times of the day or or states of mind that you would be in that it was most painful?
1: I mean – Anything brushing up against my arm caused pain. Oh. Yeah. And then I also had like a shooting pain. One day it was like shooting up into my ring finger. The next Ooh. day was my middle finger. Like, No, sir. It, yeah, man. It was because I had this lipoma pressing down on my nerve. Yeah. Like, no. yeah. So, um, so this is the normal picture before, you know, they just oh, had wow. to mark where they're going to do it. It's like a little it. sundial or something. And then this is whenever they had to put like the numbing. This is just from the numbing. And so you can see that it raise the skin there
0: yeah i just yeah wait i'm i'm getting the perspective of it it's yeah. like huge
1: right so that inner circle is like where they think it is and the outer one is like where they put the numbing even though it's not there right um okay and then this is what they cut out that was pushing down that was inside of me
0: Looks o- like a, okay yeah oh my goodness what did it feel like um Ugh.
1: yeah i don't know when you say what did it feel like i didn't touch that once they
0: oh you didn't no
1: i took a picture of it but i didn't
0: i would have figured that they might have let you touch it just for educational maybe, purposes maybe they
1: would have but i didn't have any desire to i was like can i get a pick? they said yeah and that was it so then they stitched me back up i got two stitches underneath and one on top and
0: Bro, that's, that's considerable size to be, yeah. like, in your inner forearm like that.
1: Pushing down?
0: Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. If you zoom in on this, it's like.
1: Yeah, so there's, like, instant relief in my hand. And now, obviously, like, my arm's feeling it from where they did the surgery. It, but
0: It looks like a cartilage arrowhead um, in this uh, 2D <laughs> picture that I'm looking at. But on the other side with the tweezers, like, did it extend, like, a rock, like, misshapen or
1: uh it was just kind of little misshapen all around man and then if you slide one more it'll be on the table
0: oh yeah yeah are there multiple little ones here no it's just it's so perfect yeah what is that a lipoma yeah fatty tissue oh a fatty tissue okay Uh So it's nothing serious. It's like a fatty tissue that sprung up where it wasn't supposed to, bumped up against something. Right. Like the it's
1: very common for them to spring up. It's less common for them to spring up, and cause physical discomfort.
0: What's uh What's something that you can change about your diet or lifestyle that's, to that's prevent? That's exactly
1: what I asked. They said it was uh hereditary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So awesome.
0: It's fascinating. Like. W- humans like evolve you know we we really do and your nature and nurture has so much to do with with everything if you go study people in the jungle that have never had shoes their toes are going to be a completely different kind of structure and um anatomical blend than ours are they they've molded to the ground and they actually kind of paw out like fingers would Mm -hmm. um if you were kind of flexing your fingers on top of a table that's how they grip to the ground and it's a totally different you know, hereditary gene pool that those folks are drawing from when they're only breeding internally. Yeah. Um, compared to others, like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's and, wild yeah. how we we, we just mold the environment that we're in and it can change. There's like subtle changes that you even see over a couple hundred year period, you know? Yeah.
1: I'm not sure what my body was being molded for, but um, I would have chosen something different.
0: Well... Right now, I think that we're in many people's minds paying the respective price of like yeah. a couple hundred years of convenience, not oh, hurting out, you know, the, not thinning out the hurt, essentially. Yeah. Dude,
1: and I'm just glad we live in a day and an age where they can cut that out. Like the setup took longer than the actual removal.
0: Oh, yeah. Isn't it yeah. fun when they actually was, cut like, in? Did you watch? Having-
1: um i watched a little bit but once they took it out i was like kind of done and she was like showing her assistant she was like like opening my my cut yeah and showing like the nerve that it was pressing down on i didn't yeah. want to see all that yeah um, that's a lot yeah
0: i had a a plastic surgeon i can still see it especially on certain days um you can see on my my palm where there's like mm-hmm. the line with six dots yeah that was uh I must've been a teenager and I got a splinter that I dug in, dug out of my, my hand and thought I'd gotten all of it, but apparently I hadn't. And I think part of it had kind of festered and it, it turned Oof. into this situation where um, it would be kind of fine some days and like you'd try to go get whatever was left in there. And like it was very painful and you didn't ever have conclusive proof that you were done. It mm-hmm. just felt like the nubbins or whatever. And um, but some slight discoloration and I remember one day I went up for a football pass in the backyard and came back with a bloody hand where it had just kind of split open and oh. I went to a, a hand surgeon that really inspired me. Um, I really wanted to be a plastic surgeon specializing in hands Dang. for two years. You know my two-year policy um, <laughs> then I was a, an aggressive skater thereafter. Much more lucrative career path. Uh-huh. Um, but I went to this really nice doctor in like West Plano and he just gotten back from Disney World with the family and looked perfect and obviously had all the wealth and everything. And yeah. um, he was telling me stories about how people would come in with like a hand and, you know, a, a grocery sack mm-hmm. um, after like a, a crash. And he would like literally put everything back together. That's like he was insane. an artist. And so he, the, the numbing agent going into that festered, splintered area was excruciating, but then he let me watch the whole thing. And I was fascinated as he like just scalped it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, I didn't see any nerves that I'm aware yeah. of. Like, so your situation I feel like on your forearm, it's like getting closer to big arteries that contribute to your heart. And just from like a physical escalation perspective, yours is probably more immediate to danger in your mind.
1: Yeah. And like, I also didn't know how these things form and how attached, like if it was attached to any of my nerves. And so that was a, a little worrisome, but yeah, I mean, it was a super smooth procedure. I was in and out. Um, Courtney, you know, came with me and uh, drove me back and um, yeah, it went really well.
0: Well, good, man. I'm glad that that thing got dug out. For sure. Dug out of you
1: Yeah. It's out of here. And then after that I had another eventful, event. Um, it was Courtney's grandparents, 50th anniversary. I that's so sweet. Yeah. So we went over to their place and, and decorated and then enjoyed some dinner with them and just got to hear some fun stories and, and hang out with her fan.
0: Man, those, the older generation just sets such a high bar for true lifetime fulfillment because man, I come from both of my grandparents celebrated 50 and beyond anniversaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same, never were married to other people. And so it's just like all of this pressure. Cause then I had yeah. those parents and, um, <laughs> You know,
1: Well, yeah. At this point, I'm like, "How like, old am I going to have to be in like, order to make it to fifty, my fiftieth anniversary?" Like, I might be clocked you quickly know. shrinking. In our of- early episodes, we talked about, you know, when we were going to clock out, and uh, yeah, seriously. I don't know if we'd
0: make it to our fiftieth anniversary. Like, I'm going to celebrate 25 with somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a cool 15. <laughs> yeah, 15, <laughs> 45 to 60, baby. Oh man,
1: yeah. So, I mean, it, we had a blast over there. That was a, it was a lot of fun. Being able to celebrate them.
0: Did they have like a bunch of people that came out, or what kind of party was um, this? It, it was just fam. Okay.
1: um Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure my cool. grandparents, grandma and granddaddy, had something public mm-hmm. uh, at at one of those milestones.
1: I mean, there there might be more. Like their actual anniversary is actually tomorrow. Um, yeah, something more might be done, but this was just for a close family, and it was yeah. Really good.
0: They've celebrated more time in matrimonial union than the life expectancy was, yeah. you know, a while back. I, I think the show tweeted out through me. That was me. I authored that one. Uh, some sort of like relaxed folks, like, look at this graph. And it showed the life expectancy. And even as recently as like 1930, the life expectancy was like, what, 40? Yeah. On average, it was insane. Crazy. Um, so the fact that it's like, I think it's currently in the 70s. Something like that. It yeah. has dipped uh, due to, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, crimes of desperation or please, what drugs of desperation or what, what do they call it? Sins of desperation? I don't,
1: I don't think I've heard the term.
0: It's when you like overeat or do drugs or whatever lifestyle is contributing to your own dissatisfaction. Like the deadly sins? The deadly sins, something like that. Um, but also, it, it is like the suicide factor as well got it. associated with all of that. Okay. Or overdose. Yeah. Suicide overdose. Um, I think there's like an official media term that I'm searching for that I really liked. That was kind of a catch all mm-hmm. for all of that, where it's like, it sums up like the Appalachian meth use along with like um, you know, suicides and overdoses and people that got into deep with gambling or whatever. Yeah. And
1: so the human race, we have created you know, an environment and technology to help us live longer. But now more people are opting out, you know? It, well, it's,
0: it's gotten too good. And at the same time, we're never going to stop. I heard this on a podcast with uh, Rogan the other day, this guy he had on, I can't remember who it was, but he said something to the effect of the machine that we've started will never actually stop. Like we've already created technology and now we're dealing with the negative effects of technology and what's happened? New technology has sprung forth to address the problems created by the original technology. Mm. So we're in deep. Like it's never going to stop. Yeah. You know, dang. Can never get off this uh, hamster wheel. <laughs>
1: Wild. Um, I also forgot to mention bef- So before my surgery in the morning, we actually went to Shelly, my stepmom's uh, classroom, because she had been entered into a contest for a remodel, a complete remodel and she won. Uh one of her coworkers had submitted her um into I guess the group's name is uh, Schoolgirl Style and I guess they partnered with like uh Mardells and Hobby Lobby Carson Delosa um and uh, they kind of heard what Shelley has been through this year. You know, we lost my dad. And then a couple weeks later, uh, she lost her dad. And, um, you know, one place where she's found solace, kind of like myself, has been in the classroom with my students and my coworkers. And uh, anyway, so her story was told and she ended up winning. And uh, we got to witness the remodel of her classroom. I have some pictures for you there you want to scroll through them um yeah i, I thought it looked really great it kind of had this uh i guess they call it the, a new like boho style but just imagine a bunch of different like botanical um decorations live plants um some cutouts of plants and the whole theme is like you know uh, starting anew oh, wow. and growing and Um, It it was actually a very, very cool experience.
0: This is a nice space. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very um, greens and whites and like exposed bricks uh, theme, but they've also got kind of, they've double-purposed, you know, storage space, uh, student like pack space or whatever supplies are below these little kind of low ledges with pillows on top to double as seating with kind of like foliage and, exposed potted plants like nice wall treatments um carson kressley here <laughs> no it's and the sink treatment is really nice this exposed brick on the back with like this white marble and uh yeah this is really nice yeah you just um, took me back when you did the shout out to mardell dude i haven't been to dude, a mardell's and like i'd go there i'd go there
1: like if the latest uh veggie tales or adventures and odyssey came out there, bro.
0: <laughs> i mean for the listeners that don't know me from this perspective like i will this might shock you but going to mardell's was like yeah. oh my goodness or i used to be a big abc fan before i got wise and mm-hmm. i saw mardell's and yeah. i was like abc is slacking, <laughs> too much food mm-hmm. like this uh this literature and like dude mardell's like had first of all i used to be like I used to think that I was going to build my net worth in Bibles. Like mm. I collected Bibles. It was really weird. Yeah. I had metal ones, like blue <laughs> ones, red ones, leather bound ones. Wow. And like trading cards, I would like it was whatever my mood as a Christian was that day. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like a genuine, thoughtful yeah, but you know, I'm going to be the guy that contributes in Sabbath school, like with the deep yeah. intellectual discussion, so I need to have this Bible. Mm-hmm. And then other days I was like, "You know what? I'm cute and sassy. <laughs> I'm going with this one. <laughs> I'm mad. You yeah. give, me, give me my red letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Also outfit pairing. Um, mm,
1: oh, you matched your outfit with your Bible color.
0: Sometimes I had that kind of Dang. spiritual swagger.
1: That's top notch, right there. That is
0: spiritual swagger, son. Wow, that shows you what a, a GCB I was.
1: Love it, good schoolboy. Nope. G oh GCB. GCB uh, is GCB stands for Christian? good
0: good Christian bitch, and oh. it's kind of like yeah, I it's kind it. of like the Karen of faith-based mm-hmm. <laughs> organizations in some ways. Yeah. Um, I think there was also a show. Was there? Yeah. I missed it. I Feel like that's where that came from. I'll put that into the old. Larry and Sergey here
1: like that was the name of the show or that was a quote from the show
0: yeah no it was GCB on ABC in 2012 and it stood wow. for for good Christian BIA
1: that completely uh got around me cool well,
0: some of the some people that are probably listeners of the show that I, I've spoken with I've used that term around mm-hmm. you know um and it kind of in my lexicon I think signals like someone that's like a a show Christian, you yeah. know, like which is what I'm describing with my Bible outfit pairing Love situation.
1: It. Love it, I can see that. That's what <laughs> I like. That <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
0: It's like when church becomes a competition. Mm-hmm. There's a, a listener of this show that uh, her church had. A Bible bucks situation, which was like their no memory way. verse situation, like you you accrue so many points in heaven, or mm-hmm. you, oh, I stop. think that there was like a a church store or something like swag mm-hmm. store where you could go redeem something for like here's the Jonah kit coloring yeah. book or that kind of thing. Okay, it was like a um, discovery zone <laughs> Yo, situation. What
1: was the best way to show off uh, as a guy in Sabbath school?
0: Hold on, I'm getting to that. I'm, okay, so this Bible bucks situation, she figured out that it was the key to the swag store. And she got caught photocopying the original template to the swag, oh, the Bible books dang. and trying to produce a black counterfeit market. Dang. Christian baddie right there. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, showing off. Dude, I was so competitive when they would do like the memorization or memory verse. But, but or... there's
1: one there's one thing to show off in front of the ladies in Sabbath school.
0: In Sabbath school specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we probably went to.
1: You guys ever have to set up or tear down your Sabbath school? Oh,
0: well, setting up for potluck. Yeah. Well, Four I, chairs no. at a time. Baby. Four chairs, four at, a chairs time, at a time, maybe. The, the, the more know. chairs
1: you could carry at one time.
0: I just thought all the guys that did two at a time were just lazy. Yeah. I was like, they don't have anybody driving them. I was them.
1: like, you can't do four at least.
0: Yeah. Per? I remember doing six. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like clipping your <laughs> clipping your ankles or your calf. I'm just, no, just like <laughs> I'm just hitting ankle bones on the way. Out. Like
1: I'm <laughs> yeah. crippling old yeah. admin you know, on the oh, way to the storage man. room. That's great. And then yeah nothing more embarrassing than to, than to like <laughs> drop it or knock them over cuz they're those big they're metal
0: chairs. You know what it is is like growing up Adventist if you had 4 or 6 chairs on you at a time it just meant that your girl was there that week. Yeah. You know the guys that weren't helping or you know <laughs> oh, yeah, they had the time, no one their impress. girl wasn't there that yeah. week. You know uh, their girl maybe was good point. had bad parents or something you know <laughs> that were less routine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cuz there's only one girl at church that mm-hmm. does it for you at a time there's just limited selection i didn't we didn't have mega churches you probably went to more of a mega church in arlington than i ever went to growing up
1: um it's it's grown even more since my my day but we had we had a good amount of attendees
0: what's the young young Adventist situation look like over there at this moment
1: um i feel like the facility has gotten larger but uh, the amount of people i don't think it's dying out but i don't think they're getting a bigger audience.
0: I'm going to be super interested to see the, uh, post COVID landscape, like, uh, you know, the docs and studies that come out church attendance and. The way that churches have had to diversify, like, you know, how many people are truly feeling engagement from like this virtual church? Because I do hear people attending virtual church religiously, mm-hmm. if you will. And, uh, must feel some sort of engagement or community. Maybe they go maybe they go and they pair a, an IRL sermon once a month with three virtuals and maintain some sense of engagement. I don't know what that looks like.
1: I will also, in my mind, and you know, I, I haven't attended too many virtual ones, to be honest, but if there is an opportunity for like the chat to be opened, and people can discuss while the sermon is going on. I feel like I've seen that once or twice. And I think that has opened, that opportunity has opened itself to a different audience. Like those that kind of want to feel like they're contributing more to it or have questions or uh, may not feel comfortable actually speaking out loud, but they do feel comfortable kind of behind the keyboard. I, it's, it's like a positive keyboard warrior, if that makes sense. Um, that exists. Yeah. And so I, I feel, I think I have kind of seen that happen.
0: You know, it's crazy. We always give um, the internet and social media and all this such a bleak outlook and future. And it's such a repository of hate. There are so many pinboards and communities of like cheer and some of them are religious. Some of them are just like, life is good. Like Mm -hmm. the brand life is good. Um, It was something that my last startup actually powered, their gratitude wall. Our system powered that wall for them where users could just submit positive, you know, user generated content to a pin board and, you know, see it live on the web and all life is good branded. And um, there are a lot of brands that are working towards that. And there's just like there's also just activists out there that are very proficient with Facebook groups, the Internet that, you know, really maintain a very positive community. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: That's awesome. Um, Everything that can be used for good can also be used for bad.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, I had that discussion. So I actually, you know, in my master's classes, uh, we've been discussing uh, one of the classes that I'm taking is trends and issues. So we've been talking about like what's popular in the classroom right now. What are some of the issues that we're facing? We have a whole like huge report that we're gonna have to write um but anyway it's led me to discussion with my principal i actually sat with him we had our our yearbooks weren't finished by the end of the year and so we had a yearbook signing on thursday um and so i showed up early and was just chatting with my principal about some of the things that i think we could be implementing in our school um one of them is esports and i know that sounds like Maybe a little silly to be playing video games and stuff like that, but there are serious uh, scholarship opportunities, and I know uh, Burton, uh, it, they're they're gonna start implementing it at their school this coming year, and so our basketball program we're in TCAF that's the name of the the program that we're going through, um, and TCAF also offers esports, and so like you can win a- awards through that as well so whether that's playing uh, madden football you know or 2k which is basketball or rocket league super smash bros like people are uh I, I was talking to some of these burton teachers and and what they do in their uh club after school and they actually like get on these video games and actually learn formations and and plays you know and they're competing for scholarships. Um, so I was running that by my principal. Uh, he was not on board at the start of the conversation, and he was on the fence by the end of it. So we'll see if anything comes of it. But um, I thought it'd be interesting just because I know a lot of these kids, they spend a lot of their time uh, playing video games. And the fear is, you know, nurturing that, and then they become addicted, and that's all that they're doing. But in my mind, if this is what they've been doing and want to continue doing, like why not at least try to profit off of it or spin it in a positive way?
0: I almost feel like the parents that were like, oh, you can't play video games. I feel like even some of those that are younger are... um, Maybe not convicted, but aware that, oh, that was an emerging market that we had no idea of the innovation that we were going to see and the ways that people were going to be able to uh, make a living. Like, let's just be honest about this. Like, school is, you know, in an effort to prepare you for life, a little bit of character. And ultimately, you know, ones, twos, threes, and fours, diagram a sentence, kick you out the door. Now we're reading more stuff. Now Mm -hmm. you're writing more stuff. And now you're starting to specialize in like a later half of high school, college, yeah. for what you actually want to go do. You know, you're going to be on the gym team, you're going to uh, be on the esports team, and esports should at the very least be included as like a extracurricular um, sport activity yeah. um, or team. And I mean, I live in Victory Park here, and I walk past Victory all the time with those uh, big billboards, and it's like the home headquarters of one of those esports teams. Yep. That it that those guys are featured, they're featured more prominently than any of the Mavericks or the Stars are on any of those billboards. Mm-hmm. Like they might flash Jamie Ben during the season or Luca yeah. at one point, you know, during the Mavs season. But these guys have routine around the clock every single day yeah, face exposure.
1: Yeah, there's no off season. Like. There's
0: no off season, and ultimately, I don't even think that you need to hedge what you're saying about esports and your pursuit of that as some sort of activity, um, because. Any emerging, like, large scale market where people are have wrapped attention and they're making large sums of money, like, why would you ignore that? Yeah. Aren't you here to educate people on, you know, what what to do tomorrow and yeah. you know, relevant, timely education? Like, that's the hard part about when you have all the inform. You never need to memorize information again because it's all at our fingertips. So now the bigger Application is like, what are you going to do with all that information? Yeah. How are you going to think for yourself and be a free thinker and recognize trends and also an appreciation for history? In some ways, it's like a time that we should be harping on history more than ever yeah. because so much of the last century or two <laughs> is documented to a T. We're like, you know, one of the things that the Collison brothers who uh, invented Stripe, you know, one of the most mm-hmm. successful YC companies of all time, the payment API gateway of tomorrow, um, they're big, like, technologist historians you know like they understand deeply the layers of infrastructure of the internet and how it came to be to the present day and what their part in that is like that contextual understanding is more relevant today than like finding out what cardi b did yesterday and tomorrow yeah um and ultimately whenever i think back to uh people kind of hate on and i'm not one for you know defending honestly the educational space at the higher academic level like mm-hmm. typically k-12 through 12, like it's it's so interesting where like those people are warriors and they deserve pay raises <laughs> and then we get to the university level where like yeah. those people are crooks and they're ruining our society like yeah. depending on where you stand on that but,
1: but and the, i found out from some of the um one of the doctors the, you know doctorate of of education. One of the doctors
0: that don't help people. <laughs>
1: uh, I found out their pay and it is not, like I wouldn't I would never do the amount of work that they're doing for the pay that they're getting.
0: It's, a lot of a lot of those people it's like the security and the esteem, the the pedigree. Yeah. Like they really get off on being yeah. called doctor, having tenure, this is my office. I've been here for 40 years. Like I own this place. I'm like
1: you can keep your title. I'm going to continue making payments on yeah, my stuff.
0: But my main point being that ultimately what they did for me was, you know, they could have taught me I could have taken a class called TikTok, you know, how to how to beast yeah. mode TikTok. We were and it would have been the same elements, the mechanical elements of, you know, going to a PR and advertising class where I had to write a news story. And why do I have to use the term fiery instead of yeah. just uh or roared instead of um you know, crackled or, yeah. you know, well, our professor was
1: uh, telling us about social media and like what to look out for. And he was using Facebook as an example. I'm like, none of our students are, this needs to be updated.
0: None of our students yeah. are using nobody. Facebook. Nobody's on Facebook. That's no. young. No. I literally posted a Facebook for my 50 year old cousin's birthday mm-hmm. um, because I like to post where you're active Yep. and I can't get him on Instagram, even though I'm like, bro, you should yeah. be on Instagram. <laughs> um, been on that for a minute. I can't yeah. seem to find his, uh, his, I don't even think he has a dummy account at this point, but I'll, I'll keep working on him. But I posted a photo on there for him uh, cause he's 50, mm-hmm. but you know, none of my, you know, Grizz didn't get her birthday shot out. My sister isn't going to get her birthday shot on. My mother didn't get her birthday shot on Facebook mm-hmm. cause she's too relevant to be on there. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Facebook is kind of dying out. I, I don't use it.
0: I'm kind of view only. I, and, I, lately, it's hard because I see things like from my company uh, Facebook account that I want to engage with and mm-hmm. reshare. But to me, it feels like it sets a precedent where it's like, well, you shared these four yeah. posts, but why not the last four? Right. And so you I'd almost rather be perceived as, oh, Carson's view only or just inactive on Facebook. Yep. This is kind of a masthead account. Yeah,
1: We were teaching our professor uh, about TikTok and Twitch uh, on Thursday. Uh, I actually stayed like an hour later after class me and a couple of my um colleagues and we were just you know teaching them about this 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 is the new social media and he was he was shocked to learn that some of these people are being paid millions of dollars and he's like well how do these companies get paid i'm like these popular tiktokers are advertising this stuff in their funny videos like it's all a commercial um yeah it's it is this is another reason why i want to continue my education and hopefully i am always somewhat in tune with like the trends and you know my you know i have i have the pulse and uh if i'm ever working in the conference you know i can make sure that everything is up to date and that we are staying on top of a lot of these um opportunities that going back to the esports um we're not, you know, a lot of schools are going to be offering this stuff. And this is just going to be another way that we can bring in more students is to have these opportunities.
0: I I wanted to write down two things. Um, I was furiously pulling up a text edit file because I feel like I have two good tangents off of that. And that is just to say that time marches on. I have particular insight into the Twitch situation because when, I, when my last startup went to Y Combinator in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, my uh, YC president and group batch leader was the founder of Twitch. Mm-hmm. So back then it was known as Justin TV. Yeah. And a lot of these conversations are pretty privileged, but I think that most of this is on the, uh, the public record at this point that, you know, uh, Justin can uh, was kind of the inspiration for this. Like what if we could like always watch him basically like some sort of like live cam or something Mm -hmm. that streams out. And those guys wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and then some, (sighs) Man, they were, they could not find product market fit to save their lives from the hot place. And it was just, he describes every type. Michael Seibel is the, uh, I think that he might've been the CEO at the time of acquisition by Amazon. But anyway, it went through several different name iterations, I guess, and a billion different like, go-to-market applications for who is this for what's the primary use case like okay so there's maybe we have people that would stream too but what's being streamed like what matters like you know they just wandered in the wilderness and finally came across this uh, video game application which kind of it's it could be argued sometimes the application finds them Mm -hmm. you know and, and bends the product i've certainly seen that you know working with emerging early stage products where the, the big customers that represent high recurring revenue amounts influence that product and yeah. what the f- initial applications that might be even marketed and advertised for are. Mm-hmm. So in the Twitch situation, it's like the education of the former generation, which might've been more classical and also included coding and web development led to the building of an apparatus and a vehicle that where it's like, they're going to use it. They're going to use it somehow. <laughs> and then that new generation you know, built a billion dollars in market cap. Yeah. You know, with, you know, and probably more, way more now, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with an application that parents might've scoffed at 20 years before when their kids were writing the application in the first place or getting the education to go on and do so. Yeah.
1: And our professor was like, why would people pay to watch somebody else play video games? And I'm just like, why do you pay to go to a sporting event? Like it's entertainment and you may not, enjoy that but i'm sure there are some sports that you don't even want to watch
0: why am i gonna watch paul casey watch his round and comment on it at some point
1: right it's entertainment
0: us open baby Uh
1: you build a community uh yeah whatever you're
0: interested in and you know really parents that might have sheltered their kids completely from video games just cut them off from basic market knowledge of one of the most formidable industries uh coming out of america at this moment so you know, they're they're probably not working at Halo or Xbox or whatever these title companies are that I have no idea about. Microsoft really. Microsoft. Microsoft yeah, they and make Xbox. Sony and yep. is Sony Microsoft? I don't know. No, to...
1: Sony makes PlayStation.
0: Okay, Microsoft and Sony then. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing that came off of that is um, what you said about something about content and the virtual world. The Bo Burnham inside Mm -hmm. special that we plugged heavily in last week's show. Um, When he goes on that one rant and says, we're only to exist in a virtual world. Any entry into the physical world is simply in an attempt to capture digital content that can be shared back in the real virtual world. And one should do so at their own peril. Mm -hmm. That struck me because There, how many nights have sucked that you did get that good photo on and you're kind of like, Mm -hmm. you remember it as like, I got that good photo. I went out and did that. And, you know, you didn't enjoy driving over there. You didn't enjoy getting ready for it. You were like, oh, I want to cancel this thing. Mm -hmm. And then the thing was like, you know, the meal was okay. It was a little rubbery date was, you know, okay. You don't really want to see them again if you're really being honest, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if you were being, if you had truth serum and you were talking about it, you don't want to see him again, but you got that good photo and then your brain three weeks later looks back and you're like, I'm having a good time. Mm -hmm. It's wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Like you have more appreciation for it after the fact maybe, or you trick yourself into thinking that it was fun, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's to be said uh, it's it's like uh, graduation goggles right like you're getting ready to graduate high school college or you're about to leave um, your workplace and so you kind of forget about all of the bad things and you start to just reminisce over everything that um, you enjoyed I'd, at least that's what happens with me
0: something could be said for accomplishment and wanting to re repeat the process with the newfound knowledge that you have from having gone through a successful iteration or cycle in the first place. Mm-hmm. This is true. But even, even pregnant women that are like, I'll never get pregnant again. I hate this. And then you have the baby and blah, 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 blah. You're it's like your body intentionally makes you black out the, the bad <laughs> parts, you know, yeah. like, and it's something that I have several, um, you know, I know a lot of people right now with like, fresh babies yeah. and coworkers whose wives have just had new babies and things like that. And like, they've all kind of talked at length about how your mind will trick you. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, I want to do it again because you just don't remember how crappy it can be for some people.
1: But maybe that's to say the good outweighs the bad.
0: Well, I mean, you would have to say so. Yeah. There's 7 billion of us. So. Yeah.
1: But my point is, cause I guess I kind of went on a tangent where it's like, you forget how grueling or how bad a situation was, but maybe overall i guess i'm kind of trying to recorrect myself in my statement is that you know maybe it if you look back all those good moments even if there were fewer good moments maybe they maybe they were still so important to you that it outweighed um the majority of the crappy nights
0: yeah i mean a, a life well lived is a life that's uh purpose driven. And I think you can only have so many things that you care about and are pushing for. And you've got, you know, there's a couple big battles or there's a couple big wars in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's conflict that you try to find resolution over, whether it's getting past that test or that class and getting that degree or, you know, capturing that person's attention that you're ultimately going to procreate with or whatever the case may be. And, You've only got so many waves or cycles of those that you kind of choose, and um, I don't know. I think when you kind of set back and choose to not wage war anymore, you it's when you go.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's when you clock out.
0: All right. <laughs> we just solved the whole world in this wow. one podcast. What else is going on, dude? You want to um, lighten it up, you- bro? Yeah, dude why, that thing you... that you sent me son i shared it with everyone at i went to Meredith's birthday brunch uh-huh. real impromptu up at shops at legacy today uh, taverna michael and shelly were up there and and her so we got to celebrate and that was really nice and i just i opened that that instagram last night and i i literally i laughed and then i laughed harder and then i was like I I was so incredulous. I
1: knew you would love it.
0: I, I could not believe we have to share that. I think the show tweeted it out. Um, it's not an effective way to reach most of our listeners, but y'all I, we got to post this or something like we'll, yeah, we'll maybe, DM it to the maybe top. We listeners. can uh, put it.
1: Yeah. If you follow us on Instagram, I'll, I'll put that video on my Instagram at least. And thank you. Maybe you can do the same. And
0: yeah, um, it is like a ma- a, a man that, has experienced far greater bird attacks than i have uh on this show (laughs) and the the post attack news story montage of this young man's plight i would highly recommend you go take a peep because yo you had me busting just love it in tears love
1: it y'all are gonna have to check it out yeah y'all thought uh y'all thought carson had it bad with the birds you have no idea
0: I feel like they're about to make a resurgence. Like somebody needs to do a nest check cause they're getting close on, on, on the street.
1: Yes. Um, a little bit more good news. Um, so I want you to scroll through this photo album. we got some house updates. So that that's just the progression, right? So you've seen <laughs> that, you've seen that picture. Um, and you can just keep, uh, sliding over. And so, um, you know, we had the perimeter. <gasps> well, oh. yeah, it's kind <laughs> of progressed, right? So then they put up, uh, the framework and um yeah now it's really coming
0: oh over. my goodness yeah baby you,
1: you have a house yeah. <laughs> it's coming along nicely
0: oh my goodness you have a little castle this one photo makes it look all holy crap this last one <laughs> yeah i'm like this is a big house <laughs> yeah, it's a big house man it looks so stately yeah oh man it's gonna be good. I might move down there and be your neighbor, son. Who Come on, knows, dude?
1: There's 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 more houses to be sold in that neighborhood. Come oh, on. Oh, I'll
0: bet. I'll bet. And you know it's gonna appreciate. Like every
1: um every two houses sold, the next house already is uh, three grand more expensive. So like we were one of the first houses in that neighborhood, but now if you were to buy like the same model in that neighborhood, it'd be quite a bit more because there are a bunch there are a lot more houses being built now so we got in at a good time yeah you did happy for y'all yeah thanks man um so there's your good news what do you got
0: (laughs) shoot (laughs) warn me buddy (laughs) warn me um you know i gotta go looking for good news. (laughs) oh yeah that's fine um
1: (laughs) continuing i also had more discussion with uh, my principal about some other opportunities I thought something that was uh, really cool that Burton does um, whenever I was a kindergartner there, I had a senior buddy, right? So like the seniors, they'd take, <laughs> a, uh, they'd take us to what man, nothing. Nah,
0: say nothing. it. No, no, no. Okay. Please keep going.
1: And so, you know, they they'd hang out with us. They'd take us uh, to the zoo. We got to go on a field trip, like with our senior buddies. And then whenever I was a senior, I had the same opportunity. Well, um, this past, like, two weeks ago, my kindergartner just graduated high school, and uh, his kindergartner was there. So, like, m- um, in the building, my senior, my kindergartner, myself, and my kindergartner's kindergartner, were uh, we all took a photo together. I just thought that was kind of cool, like, generationally speaking, like, how uh, the community... I feel like so- they
0: did the... I went to Richardson Adams school for a brief, st- I feel like they did some element of that as well, where you mm-hmm. had a big or something. That is that is cool. And there's something to be said for, you know, you need to have foresight to the future and then hindsight in looking back and like greeting younger populations. Right. Like I was never taught to liaise younger generations. Yeah. And now that, you know, I'm old enough that there are really relevant way younger people than me that are contributing at a very high level Mm -hmm. in positions, you know, adjacent to mine. Right.
1: And, and so that was just like really, really cool to me. And so I've been thinking about how CTA could do that because we have KAES, you know, down the road, but we're not in the same building. So it would be a little bit more difficult for us to go see them. Also, our numbers are a lot higher. So it's like, we'd have like four or five kids maybe to to one student, but I was thinking, you know, maybe our freshmen could buddy up uh, and do like a field day with their fifth graders and, and, you know, do different events with them. And then by the time uh, those freshmen are seniors, those fifth graders would be freshmen and they'd be under the same and they'd already kind of have that connection in that community. Um, I, I've just been trying to think of more ways. To- you could you
0: could further emotionalize this with like a template of the hard questions that uh gamify it what do you mean so like emotionally like emotional intelligence you could have Mm -hmm. like a a a form that what's your biggest literal fear Mm -hmm. socially coming into high school or you know what what's the largest concern at home or, or whatever the case may be. And then this could also make the instructors more intentional about matching people that could also help other people. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe the big is the one that is more vulnerable in that situation and can say, mm-hmm. Hey, so I looked back on my answer when I was first coming into high school and this is what I said yeah. and I was lying. I really meant this. Like uh-huh. I, I was scared about being accepted and like, so maybe it could be like a moment of, um, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, Get where yeah I'm going. and
1: and I do, and I'm I'm just trying to strengthen that community as well. Like this past year, I looked at our music slash gymnastics teacher, and how they had like a huge event where you know they did the singing and the band, and then there was a gymnastics performance, and it was awesome. And then I look at one of our other teachers who does a lot of um. He, he does drama and then he does a lot of recruiting and he's brought in a lot of students and I've just been thinking of ways that I can contribute more. Um, and since I'm just the English teacher, I also took over outreach. Um, and I think I've convinced my principal to make that two periods long instead of one. That way we'd have an opportunity to go t- travel a little bit further away from the school and be able to help more people. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to... Uh, I've been thinking more about like how I'm going to leave my mark and, you know, I, I intend on being at the school for a while, but um, like I'm trying to get my skin in the game and, and not, not even make myself more relevant, but make our school more relevant and more meaningful to the community. I suppose.
0: Well, I mean, you're kind of in a leadership teacher role at this point, And uh, I think that looking out for the brand as a whole and, you know, the, mm-hmm. The ship as a whole is kind of what they're probably looking for you to do as you, uh, especially as you get your master's and like, isn't your master's like in leadership or something like that? Educational leadership, baby. Educational leadership. So you're like, look at me flexing on my leadership skills as I get certified in it. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to leapfrog into not having to be a principal and I can just go work at the conference. But, well. We'll see.
0: Something tells me you're going to have. All the optionality in the wor- world, my friend.
1: Yeah. Who'd turn down this mug? <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. I remember <laughs> representing your butt and <laughs> Adding to court, buddy. So yeah,
1: I think we've told I think we've told that story. <laughs> 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 we've had to have told that one.
0: Yeah, we I'm sure yeah. we have. Who knows? Yeah,
1: Carson has been my lawyer once or twice in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Oh, so it is the US Open. I've not watched a frame of the US Open, like been yeah. so busy with everything going on
1: yeah i haven't either the uh the olympics when are the olympics starting
0: don't no don't care
1: okay i thought the olympics might have already started but could be wrong
0: did they wasn't there like some some threats that they should really shut it down because it seems like uh COVID is actually where was it the uk that they they are not open like Europe was making rumblings about reopening and the UK was like, no, we're shut down because they got some sort of variant or something.
1: Maybe so, but that didn't happen because the Summer Olympics begin on July 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess all of that uh, uneasiness has dissipated.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure that some parties still have it, but where I'm... Where I come from, it seems pretty over. I haven't even taken a mask anywhere for weeks at this point. It's mm-hmm. been incredible. Just wonderful.
1: Yeah, I, haven't, I don't even know where mine are anymore.
0: I guess that Meredith, uh, Meredith flew in on, on Thursday. I picked her up from the airport, and she was still saying that, you know, the, the idea of not even having to bring a mask kind of precautiously to a, a venue or establishment was kind of unthought of coming from the mm. DMV. And I'm like, welcome to Texas. Yeah. Here we are becoming strange yeah like the whole the whole world lots going on i know that brad was like don't talk about politics we've had such a great trio <laughs> of episodes and noticed there were no politics <laughs> so I'm, I'm done with that i'm about yeah. that life
1: i mean some of that stuff's heavy and like
0: well and it's just so to... can i actually i do want to talk about something that um we're, we're curators here of um, course recommendations so this week's recommendation I uh, got into my HBO subscription, and I watched, um, (laughs) of course, I'm going to forget the title as I start to plug it. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Look it up. This is, it gave me a whole new perspective on-
1: Is it a documentary?
0: uh, Yeah, it's kind of like a, um, what what is it? So, it's called-
1: yeah keep using more filler words <laughs> oh my
0: gosh where's the history on this um should yeah it's uh it's that documentary where they have matt gates and Rokana in congress okay and oh it's it's the swamp the swamp, the swamp on hbo okay and it's about matt gates who we know from you know very public uh venmo situations potentially uh you know, if you want to call it trafficking of potentially underage women over state lines for the purposes of sex, mm-hmm. there's kind of some seedy uh, accusations and allegations against him at the moment. Yeah. However, I watched The Swamp, which came out before that stuff, and it's about, you know, a Republican from the most Republican district in the country, Pensacola, Florida, um, partnering up with Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California. And just talking pragmatic sense. And they talk about the bullcrap and how, you know, they, they talk about how tucked into a bill will be pay raises for mm-hmm. uh, military. And all in that bill is like the furtherance subsidization of the military industrial complex. And. Basically, the bill would ensure that we remain in a constant state of war. You know, like right. there are powers that were granted to the executive branch as a result of 9-11 yeah. that the president has never rescinded because once you're in that role, why would you?
1: There's money to be made also.
0: But we've added, when, whenever we had that whole 9-11 situation happen and we authorized the executive branch to do whatever, like lethal force in a variety of countries... We've subsequently added a, a ton of countries to that list that mm-hmm. are all in particular area of the world that we can basically kind of do whatever under a conflict or, or war banner that is needed without congressional authorization. So that's how a president overnight can make the decision to bomb Syria or bomb mm-hmm. Libya or whatever going on. Yeah. And so this documentary follows them around and it even is real enough to show them in real time almost taking pot shots or differences with their respective media outlets. So like Matt Gates is on Tucker Carlson or Hannity or something like that, mm-hmm. just, you know, spewing whatever. And then Ro Khanna is on MSNBC, you know, basically reacting to a Matt Gates footage, you yep. know, and begging, begging difference. And, Oh, that's ridiculous. Like Matt should know better. And then they walk down the street together mm-hmm. and it really reinforces what I read in you know, uh, the On the House, um, uh, John Boehner's book, mm-hmm. that, and also what what John McCain and, and many lines of the house, if you will, have said, which is that for the most part, we're all pretty good friends or you have really good friends across the aisle. And, you know, it seems really contentious because everything at the heart of it is a fundraising scheme. Yeah. And that the swamp is really going after how, how people parlay money into political favor and how literally did you know that if you are one of the uh congressmen or women on the republican side or the democrat side that based on based on how many members they have and what their goals are you have a price on your head like Hmm. you owe if you're junior congresswoman alexandria ocasio cortez you owe nancy pelosi $174,000 $174,000 in this voting term in fundraising. And that goes into the big Democrat pile that funds all the ads funds, all the research funds, everything for the party as a whole. I had no idea. And every junior congressman or woman is in service of leadership essentially. Mm-hmm. And the main way that you can gain political capital like notoriety power and fundraising power also but you also need fundraising power to get into these seats is to become a committee chairman or a committee committee member mm-hmm. and the committees are not all ranked the same and it shows the pyramid in this this documentary you know the the travel and energy or you know travel transportation whatever one is prioritized below like the judiciary committee, which might be prioritized below the ways and means committee, right? Because the ways and means committee might be the budget gatekeepers for everybody, for instance. And that's the one that, you know, those people, if you're on that committee, your fundraising goal might be $3.4 million compared to a junior congressman's, you know, $200,000 goal. Mm -hmm. That clearly explains in addition to like, obviously, media publicity. Like if you're good at the social media, if you're attractive, confrontational, you know, controversial, um, you're going to, you know, get front page coverage. But coupled with that, the reason why AOC is so influential is because she is a fundraising boon for the party. Mm. Her mailing list, like her database and her ability to be independent and break from the party is because she has 5 million people in her database or whatever it is. How'd you do that? How did she do that? Uh-huh. Well social know, media, right? Well, actually, you know, she ran her oh. campaign website on my former startup. Oh, really? Yes. Legit. Yes. I was the co-founder of Cosmic JS, uh, a CMS API uh, that did, you know, cloud based content management. Mm-hmm. And she was part of a, a democratic pack called Justice for Democrats, Justice Democrats that ran all of the candidates, like her, Corey Bush, mm-hmm. several other members of Congress on my startup
1: look at you so
0: actually i knew about aoc long before she was anybody because the day that they showed her on cnn when she was in that bronx bar and like covered her mouth because she was shocked that she'd won and the country fell in love with her i called my co-founder and i was like dude that girl on our platform won he was like (laughs) no way get out of here (laughs) so that was and then we watched her become the Goliath of power that she is part of that is because she came out swinging with such a unique story, such a marketable Mm -hmm. social media savvy and attractive uh, leftist that her fundraising power and her database is so powerful that, you know, if you come into Congress and you're run through a pack or something or a group, you don't have everybody's email address. You don't have everybody's cell phone number the Democrats do, but they're only going to share that with you as you're effective to them. Yeah. Well, if she's able to go out and get her subscriber list where she can email you and say, Hey, Donald Trump is doing this. Like we need $5 right now, or Donald Trump and Satan are going to come in and Mm -hmm. kill your cat, you know, to do those emails, which become more frequent as times become turbulent, you need your own database. And if she can walk up to the Democrats and say, you've got a hundred million people in the database, I've got 50 million at this point. I'm bigger than the platform or I'm more, it's more symbiotic for you to kowtow to me than for me to kowtow to the platform. Yeah. Dude like that, the swamp on HBO shows this in real. it's beautiful. I'm going really to really out fascinating.
1: Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I'm not very knowledgeable on any of this at all, but it would be nice to,
0: The the problem is, is that you will be very conflicted because Matt Gates is actually likable. Mm-hmm. Like you, He knows that he knows what he is, and he's actually on the issue. The couple of issues that he thinks are core and fundamental to all of this, which is he is the first Republican ever to say, "I will never take another PAC or special interest group dollar ever again Mm -hmm. from industry from anybody. I will be solely funded by the people." He's the first Republican in modern history to come out and say that, and his interests aligned with of he kind of aligned with the Freedom Caucus who. We're kind of at the bottom of like, we need, it started as like, I don't know how it started, but they, they started to differ on money and politics and also Trump affiliation on certain issues. Uh, But Matt Gates comes across as very genuine, sincere, and a man of the people fighting for the root cause of what ails politics today. Yeah. Um, And so it's very conflicting when you have been fed a steady diet of like, you know, he's basically some sort of like Venmo rapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: So after hearing about all of that, plus watching the doc, where do you land on, on your idea or thoughts on him? Um, Like just pairing the knowledge that, you know, from the doc and, and the news.
0: So it's weird because um, I'm not really up to date on the Venmo stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know that uh, an associate of his has agreed to cooperate and, I'm not read up on that. I don't got it. Okay. I don't know about those allegations. I will say that um, I think that he was a single man mm-hmm. and very media savvy. That he's gotten, you could call it optimizations, or did he sell his sell his soul to the devil because? In The Swamp, there's considerable footage of him at earlier stages of his career in Congress when he's kind of more of a doughboy, a little bit more Opie-esque, and, you know, he's got some jowls, he's uh, got some Mm -hmm. love handles, like he's kind of more just a normal guy, and then over time you start to see... He he thins up that jawline becomes more pronounced that hair flip becomes much larger mm-hmm. looks like there's bronzer being taken into application and in many of the scenes he's self applying his own makeup as just part of his daily regimen so nice. the peacock aspect has become much more pronounced and I don't know if that's like a sign of optimization and savviness or like uh, him progressively going down the uh, down the tubes in terms of his morality with yeah. with these women but I, one of the things that i was confused by is that there are quarters for Congressmen and women that don't rent their own place and he said that there's like a hundred plus co- congressional members of congress that live in these i don't know if it's like an adjoinment to his um his office mm-hmm. or what the deal was i remember paul ryan lived in one of these but apparently they're not always the most prominent ones um, or the ones that have set up shop in DC for the longest. Like if you've been there 40 years, you probably have a permanent residence there and in your district and maybe elsewhere, like Bernie (laughs) socialist with three houses. Right. Um, But so I was like, I don't know how you're cavorting in the dorm essentially, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like you see him compromise in the dock you know, like, and he'll take it, you know, he'll say, I did end up voting for this because of X, Y, and Z, but he's kind of transparent about it, mm-hmm. but total butt kisser. Like it shows him uh, calling Trump, you know, sometimes just to say, Hey buddy, great day, buddy. And Matt, you were so fabulous today. I watched you. You're, you're just one of the best rub <laughs> off on these other guys. Like he had constant, you know, touch points with, with Trump and was yeah. one of his, uh, his go-to boys during the whole, I mean, he was one of the people that questioned, uh, was it, um, people in the impeachment, you know, Mm -hmm. Matt Gates was right. Crazy. So to see him parlay media favor by being controversial, getting that hair flip and that makeup going, uh, with better fundraising capability and database collection And then a direct line to the president Mm -hmm. Um, and being one of those inner circle people that could use his committee chair position to gain favor with the president to then in turn, grow his social media following and database to gain more party party favor. Like it's a a cycle that it feeds itself Mm -hmm. and to really be um, it's hard to go there in a two-year term and do any kind of effective change with no money. Yeah. So the system is screwed.
1: It's flawed. Well, thank you for that.
0: I've... Yeah, sorry to talk about politics, there, buddy. No, don't don't be. I thought that that was more global, universal, mm-hmm. like high level than you know any anything yeah. that's happening today. Yeah,
1: and it's not like we'll never, you know, discuss some of these things again. But it's whenever it's uh, more repetitious type of events than than something that we're not completely used to. It's nice to take a break from it every once in a while. The show, yeah.
0: What's the next exciting thing that you got going on? The next exciting
1: thing. Well I guess my birthday. Mm-hmm. July sixth. Um we'll be heading out floating the river. And I believe you'll be there for at least a day. You know it. Got some other people coming, so
0: I'm not trying to miss a river party. Yeah, man. Not so, trying to miss a dirty 30
1: that's what i'm looking forward to you know i have these classes um the instruction ends after this coming week but there's no way that any of us will finish all the work that we have so i'll probably won't finish that up until the beginning of august um so i'll be happy to complete that
0: heck yeah buddy yeah that's a Turning 30 and then also uh, moving into my new home. <laughs> like, yeah, <I> mean, that'll <laughs> wow. be
1: towards uh, towards the end of the year, but definitely looking forward to that.
0: Well, I'm just looking forward to the, the market opening on Monday because uh, Clove hit 12 <laughs> and that's where it was, you know, at the, the start of this kind of spike, yeah. the big, big spike that we saw recently. So it's due for a bounce back. And
1: uh, I wish you had stayed in AMC.
0: Yeah, well, you know it's not to say that I wouldn't take all of this buying power that I'm hoping to accrue off of this. I would love to be able to sell this freaking stock this next <laughs> week and get out because yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm not irked. I mean, I really do believe that, you know, I've still overall made money in, mm-hmm. in the market and Robinhood. I'm down, like I'm down considerably <laughs> on this one. Um, uh. but you know, I, I do think it's, going to bounce back and i'm actually okay with the position that i currently have good based on what i think it's going to kind of volatilely do so awesome you know yolo i like that but yeah, amc crypt- is like I mean, yeah amc's ridiculous. great
1: crypto's down it, like
0: a amc's poised to like go to a couple hundred right with one of those crazy spikes it seems like
1: i'm not trying to get into any conspiracy type things or tell people what to do um but i think it has potential
0: are you gonna get more than 20 shares?
1: I already have more than 20 shares.
0: Oh, I thought last time that we chatted, you I had, had like twenty five. 20. Oh, 25. Yeah, yeah. I mean like.
1: A considerable, uh, no. What I should have done was kept it whenever I had tons of shares, whenever I was at $9. But... Bro, the first
0: share I bought in AMC was $10, and yeah. I bought one, because I had like $10 left of buying power, and <laughs> I was like, whatever. yeah, $10. If I'd put $10,000 into AMC at $10. Yeah. You know, would have been crazy, but here we are. I mean, um, that was that was like that was a month ago. Yeah, I've been in the market since May ten or twelve. Like, geez, mm-hmm. I could have. Ah. <laughs>
1: Don't oh get me God. started, man. I got I got into Doge at point. Uh, I got it into Doge at point uh, zero three. Yeah, I guess at three cents.
0: I love all these like uh infographics. I keep getting like pre-roll on on social media or like instagram mm-hmm. where it's like meet the dogecoin millionaire and it's like yeah. this ratty looking dude that put like 140 grand in the doge at- <laughs> that was
1: like a freaking prank
0: <laughs> like-, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like okay so <laughs> these speculative coins are you gonna buy uh i hate it bitcoin went up considerably and then down yeah. this week
1: same with ethereum
0: cool well that's your market recap people there it is squawk box do with it what you will uh, well, we're past an hour, buddy, so we can just get out of here whenever you want. All right. Um, we've we've given him the hour.
1: Yes, and we'll be back maybe next weekend.
0: Yeah, keep it keep it wacky on a sirdy.
1: Yeah, want to shout out. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend. Tomorrow's Father's Day, so um, might be a little difficult of a day for me, but uh, I am also very blessed to have many. Uh, father figures and um, even if they're the same age as me just uh, people that have kids now that that I definitely look up to and uh, appreciate having in my life and um, if you have a dad that you are close with and that you love I hope you hug them extra hard tomorrow and uh, just get to enjoy the day with them and don't take
0: that for granted. So I'm I'm thinking that you should have a social media break tomorrow.
1: Yeah, thinking so. I'm favorite. actually going to go out to my dad's gravesite. and just uh, Courtney and I are going to go over there, and we got some fold out rocking chairs, and we're just going to hang out there for a bit, That's and then cool. uh, then maybe hang out with her family after. But just going to spend spend a little bit of time over there.
0: It'd be some good like quiet still time almost. You know, it's been such such a turbulent, busy year that you know i'm sure that you've dealt with so many things and probably at times it felt like okay i've i've dealt with certain aspects and then other times you're like i haven't dealt with this at all i haven't yeah. even started you know
1: it never ends
0: that's how i would feel if you know i don't even know why i'm projecting how i would feel onto this situation <laughs> yeah. that's like such a faux pas no i mean um, it's
1: good i hope you know if but, anybody can gain any insight from what i've been through you know
0: well we something
1: positive out of it
0: I had wondered if if you know tomorrow would be rough, um, yeah. And uh, you know now I'm convicted that it it would be in mm-hmm. many ways. Um, so yeah, stay off, stay off social because <laughs> you knew arbitrarily. Are are you going to do some in memoriam posts?
1: Um, I don't know yet. I. Uh... After listening to Bo Burnham's uh, <laughs> that one <laughs> white girl, though white girls Instagram, oh, uh, whenever it goes into that 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 girl posting about her mom,
0: that is so. So rough.
1: I think the difference is like, if I make any post tomorrow, it's not going to be for my dad. It'll it'll be just maybe some observation or feelings that. I might be going through, and I—I I don't know. I haven't given it too much thought, but I'm not going to like write a letter for my dad. If anything, it'll be for others to read and maybe, uh, maybe bring some perspective or you know, help them to recognize what they do have. I don't know. Who knows?
0: Well, for the record, um, you know, happy Happy Father's Day to the dads out there. Yes. Happy Father's Day to my dad. Yeah, Bob- I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna no, harp I know. on that because I, I feel like anytime I mention my dad, it's like it's like a douche move. No, uh, I really feel that way. I really do. But I, I, just I also, don't think it's fair.
1: But I also want to say, I think like, and I know you say not to look on social media, but like, I if I were to, I, like, I'm not gonna get on there and be jealous of everybody that used to hang out with their dad. Like, I'm gonna feel really happy for them.
0: Until you get past um, that person that you know doesn't have a close relationship with their dad, yeah. that's just fronting on Instagram. <laughs> they've reused that picture, yeah. and it's some you know plagiarized quote. You know, you know it. Sure. It, it has the fodder for that, but that's but the I, way I. That's the way I feel half yeah. the time. But, and
1: no, but I want to tell you, like, you should never, like, not bring up your dad or anything like that. Like, and you know. Even if it is a difficult day for me tomorrow, you you know, that's, that's life. And I'm still grateful for all the memories that I do have of my dad, that I'm so fortunate to miss him so greatly, you know?
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you're, you're past that because I sometimes predicate some of that outlook on the injustice vibe of it to me, you know?
1: Yeah. That, that's definitely easy to dwell on. Inequitable
0: Uh, outcomes where you and I are so similar in age that, you know, that's the part that. That frustrates me and that I base some of those decisions off of. But, you know, for the record, um, as long as we're on the topic, I'll say, you know, you had a great dad. I'm sorry that it's the first Father's Day that this situation is what it is. And I miss kind of talking to him and basing some of the show off his silliness. He was the ultimate goober.
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh, that he was. So thank you.
0: That's all I have to say. <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate it and um, man Heston Brock Alec congratulations I hope you enjoy uh, your first father's Day and that is so incredibly awesome and um, man it's ju- it's just really cool to be able to look to my peers now in some of these aspects and and uh, I'm gonna be looking to you guys for uh, for some tips and advice for whenever it's my turn so
0: The world continues to spin. It's like, you know, it's kind of, it's all the natural order of things, and um, the acceptance of that is, uh, in real time, is just a a staggering thing to ask people. And people are asked that every day. Yeah. And uh, rise to the occasion, and you certainly have. Um, So. Well, I appreciate it. With that, I, uh, I met Aspen last week, by the way. Little yeah. baby Aspen. Cutest little baby you've ever seen. Love it. Stopped by uh, Chloe and Heston's and had a nice little thing when That's I was awesome. uh, down in that neck of the woods. So new life springs forward.
1: That's right. I love it.
0: All right, Tots. We will catch you up next time. Peace.